Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cypress Rye Bread Podcast. Got round two today. I feel better, feel calmer, a little more relaxed. Being recorded and knowing I'm being recorded and trying to come out with coherent thoughts apparently is a problem for me. <laughs> so hopefully, as I become more comfortable with this, it won't be as, you know, won't be as bad. So I promise as long as you guys keep listening, you, uh, you know, keep giving me some constructive criticism, which I do very much appreciate everybody. Um, you can't see it right now. But I am pushing love vibes out of my chest to reach all of you. Thank you so much. I promise I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better for you guys. The future, I mean, I'm looking, it's looking pretty good. I'm surprised how, I mean, how much support you guys have given me. And I have been speaking to uh, future guests. I'm hoping the next one will be I'll have a guest with me uh and it'll be very informative I believe it'll be a very good uh, episode because it's going to be involving the workforce uh I'm going to bring on a guest who will help people help everybody with uh or help you guys out with you know res- resume building uh, job seeking, you know, interview tips, things like that. And she's also very beautiful and she loves me. I don't know why she may be crazy. (laughs) I'm just messing around, but it is, it is my girlfriend. I'm, I don't have a plethora of people I can grab and be like, Hey, come do this show for me. Again, I can only do what I can with what's available. So I'm gonna, as long as this is going and I keep talking to people and this grows, more people might come available. But for right now, this is what I got. And honestly, though, when it comes to this, I don't think there's somebody I would rather ask. She works in HR for a staffing uh, company. And she takes her job to a whole nother level where she really does care about what she does. And she really does care about the people she works for or people that she, uh, you know, is working with or people she's trying to help, you know, find jobs, opportunity. She has fought, you know, to give them a higher earning wages. She has advocated for her employees. I think she'd be a great person to have on here and help people um, because I think she has some really great insight. But with that being said, let's jump on in. Um, today's topics, I'm going to touch on a couple of things I talked about last time about the uh, New York abortion uh, bill, which I think Virginia also, I'm not too sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure though, I think they did also uh, adopted this late-term abortion bill. Um, so New York and Virginia, but again, I'm not too sure. Um, and then the, you know, the uh, Live Abortion Act, 
all that. I'm not going to get into all of that again. I'm more or less just going to try and talk about the accountability of people and how I think we need to start holding each other more accountable because there is a gray area when it comes to everyone's idea of conception or uh, when the conception, but you know, uh, when the baby is a baby and no longer a bundle of cells. So, you know, that's, it's a gray area for all of us. And I kind of want to kind of stay away from all that and just, again, get more down to the accountability of everything. Uh, And I promise I'm not going to do it for like 25, 30 minutes again. That was, uh, (laughs) again, I was nervous. Today I'm a little more calm, feel a little more collected, got my thoughts going. Um, I had to do some speech practice before I did this. And it does help. If anyone wants to start doing this stuff, I really do, uh, I, I would say, like, a, do like 20 minutes of just actual recorded talking. You could delete it when you're done, but try it. And before you go on, it really does help. Helps calm me down. Um, help calm me down. Uh, that and, you know, shot of whiskey. <laughs> but, you know, so again, with, you know, accountability, let's just be real about this. If any doctor, you know, well, here, let me, let me, let me break down this, uh, the New York abortion law, the late term abortion law. Uh, it states that you can have an abortion all the way up to delivery of the child. That is in some cases, really fucked up. And in others, something I think people have been doing to save the lives of mothers. But from what I've been hearing from different doctors about this whole thing is that it is so rare that somebody, you know, in the middle of a delivery is going to be like, I want an abortion. I just, and I mean, come on guys, I, I, it's kind of unrealistic. It's unreal to think about that. But what's even crazier is the idea that there are doctors or there would be a doctor that as they're delivering a child would abort it. I mean, uh, there, again, they have those cases where, uh, the mother could be, you know, it's life-threatening for her, but I think, you know, for the most part, you know, this, it is still an issue that we deal with, but I just, I think it's crazy. The, and again, listen to certain, listen to certain, listen to a lot of doctors. They say it's very rare that something like that will happen. And the act, the uh, live abortion act was, or bill was to help these babies, um, you know, not be, you know, if they were going to be aborted or whatever, um, have health care, and, you know, I guess appropriate funds to help them, you know, get, I guess, uh, a, a fighter's chance. But, what I don't understand, and let's 
again, let's be real. If any doctor is willing to do that, we need to find that fucking guy and we need to take him out. And I think a lot of people feel that way. We need to work on common sense. More common sense. I don't understand. I don't know why New York did that law. That is their choice, though. That's what those people voted for. But having the federal government come in and tell everybody in the country that we're going to have to pay for something that New York and Virginia are doing is just absolutely asinine to me. If the people of New York are upset about it, let the people of New York handle it. They're the ones that opened the box anyways. Why do we have to deal with it? I know we're all supposed to be one nation, but shit. People from New York don't give a shit about people from Tennessee. People from California don't give a shit about people in Montana. I shouldn't say that. I hear a lot of people are going out to Montana, especially from California. Get away from L.A. That's going to be another conversation. The great migration, the new modern migration. That's going to be another fun conversation. Um, but, you know, back to common sense and accountability. I just don't feel like the accountability for people isn't there right now. And we are kind of letting the government decide the gray area. Oh, we're letting, you know, just, or we're letting the, uh, you know, these governments speak for us. We're letting them have our voice. And from what we're finding, they couldn't be any more different than the population, than the overall population. We have two different sides. And the majority of the country is in the middle. And it's absolutely crazy. It's crazy that we have such divide. And we're getting away from common uh, common sense and accountability. So, who should be accountable? The parents? Doctors? Us? Again, if you want to have an abortion, have one. We've been doing it our whole lives. Or not, uh, we haven't been doing it our whole lives, but you know, people have been doing it since the beginning. Since we found out we are going to start squirting babies out. They're like, oh, how am I going to stop this? This is awful. It's eating all my food. <laughs> you know, it's something we, we've we've been doing. And... As guys, we really, I think, I think we're the ones that need to start being held more accountable. And we have a lot of guys out there who, and I'm not going to try and, you know, bash anybody in particular. Uh, but there are a lot of people out there who believe that female reproduction organs are their concern. And they're fucking delusional. All right. 
guys, let's be real here. We don't have vaginas. We don't have ovaries. We don't have that. Or at least, you know, us biological guys. <laughs> I'm not getting to that, though. We, we don't have that stuff. So why should we have a say on it? It's like if one day women came out and said, you know what? We are going to start, um, we're going to pierce all the guys' dicks. We're going to pierce them shut. What if they said that to us? You understand 50% of the country is, well now more, it's more than 50% of the country is women. And now more women are even more educated than men. So not only do they outnumber us, but they're going to pull out some crazy ass shit, some, some kind of math or some kind of wizard science. And we're not going to be able to understand it because they're now getting more educated than us. But we need to hold each other accountable. Because what would you do if they just came out and be like, hey, we're going to pierce your guys' dick shut so this doesn't keep happening? You guys would lose their minds. Guys would lose their minds and be like, you can't tell us what to do. You don't have a penis. Well, then why do we get to have any say on female reproduction? We have, it's so easy to go and buy a condom. It's so easy, you know, to do all the other things. You know, it's difficult carrying a child for nine months, letting your body go to hell, your hormones are fucked up. We don't have to deal with that as guys. No. All we do is dump and run. And then we leave it for these women to take care of. And that's where, to me, that's bullshit. Why should I, why, why have a say then, guys? I understand there is that father's right. Yes. But let's be real. Why are you sleeping with a chick? <laughs> A, not safely. Or B, that you know, you don't even know that well in some cases. And you want to act like, oh, well, now you're the victim. No, you're not the victim. All you did was pump her belly full of your uh, man goo. And you said, hey, now you have to deal with this. And if you don't want to deal with it, then I'm going to have, I'm going to paint you as a murderer and I'm going to come after you. And that's not fair. That is not fair. You know, it's almost like having an opinion on a different country and you've never been there. You don't have the experience. That's why when it comes to that stuff, I'm just using common sense. I don't have female reproductive organs. Nor do I ever feel like I ever want it. <laughs> but, you know, common sense. Common sense, people. Um, orphanage. Orphanage. I, I made a comment about that last time, about how, you know, I maybe have seen one or two. Maybe. I know I've seen, I, I thought about, I know I've seen one. 
It was in Fremont, Nebraska. Um, it's the only one I've ever seen. And you can't miss it because it's a giant uh, little walled-in village. I forgot what it's called. but it, um, It's really fascinating. Really, uh, really cool to see because it is about uh, a lot of children who, you know, I think around the country who have been abandoned. And they do really great things. Uh, if I can remember that, I'll definitely give them a plug. Um, but, you know, orphanage, adoption, late-term abortion. You're sitting there during delivery. I mean, if a doctor is going to be willing... If the doctor is going to be like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to abort this. We really are going to have, like, we really are going to have to go after that doctor. Because that's not right. When you have so many people out there struggling and wishing they can get pregnant and would do anything, and they're sitting on waiting lists, you know, those people will gladly love your child. But what's funny is the double standard. The people who are typically against, you know, abortion, are also against same-sex adoption. I don't think you should be against both. I think you're going to have to pick one or the other. Because if you're against same-sex adoption, then, I mean, you're killing off, or you're eliminating potential parents for lots of kids. And that's fucking stupid. There's no common sense in that. I have known lots of, you know, uh, same-sex couples. I know a bunch that who have children, and those children are no different than mine. They actually might be more. They might be better. I don't know. They might be more respect. They are really nice kids, though. And the thing was, I had no idea. These kids belong to a same-sex couple. Because, you know, they're fucking normal. Like everyone else. But, uh, that's why, you know, common sense. Accountability, man. Let's, you can't. Women. I'm going to get on to you now. I've been very polite. Been very nice. I do love you. But you also need to be accountable too for who you're letting, you know, have sex with you. You women, you know there are shitbag guys out there. Just like there's shitbag women, but there's shitbag guys. And they a lot of the times it's because you know, guys we're for the most part pretty thick headed. And I want to say the majority of these abortions are happening to women under the age of 25. Well, if you look in science, our frontal lobe, our frontal cortex, doesn't fully develop until the age of 25. So your brain isn't even fully done developing. And that's the majority of people who are getting these abortions. Because they're, most of the time, just don't understand are just too stupid. <laughs> and maybe we need more sex education in schools. Oh, but that's right. 
schools are losing their shit about it. Or not schools, I mean parents are losing their shit about it. And that's stupid. Come on. You don't want to talk to your kids about sex any more than I want to. It's awkward. I'll have the conversation, but I'll struggle through it and just hit all the key points. What was that scene in Mean Girls? The gym teacher? If you will have sex, you will die. You will get STDs and you will die. I'm not that extreme, but I'm about that. I'm I'm about that blunt about it. If you have sex without a condom and you don't pull out, you will probably have a child. <laughs> but women, you got you guys got to be smart about who you're sleeping with too. Guys, we need to stop getting on our soapbox about you know the pro-life. And women, you need to get off your soapbox about how it's the guy's fault. No, it takes two to tango. And, 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 I keep saying that. It's nervousness. I apologize. Again, still getting used to it. But, there's just no... common sense being used. The parents are getting mad about these, you know, schools talking about sex ed. Have you seen some of these numbers? Again, I will cite this. Um, I believe this is also a cdc.gov survey that they've done their research that the schools who have a less direct approach or who study sex ed less, you see in those areas teen pregnancy is at its highest. Where I live in Tennessee, they have childcare in the high school. Teen pregnancy here is unbelievably high. And the parents don't want the schools to teach them about sex ed because of the different, you know, belief, different morals. And they don't want the schools to be able to tell the kids, hey, practice safe sex. And I'm sorry, but that's stupid. When I was young, I believe I went through sex ed three separate times. I am 30. Still don't have any kids other than, you know, my stepkids. Those are my stepkids. I say my kids. They are my kids. I love them, but they're my stepkids. I don't have any biological children. Um, but they... I've learned, I've gone through sex at three separate times. And let me kind of give you why I thought that was so productive and why it really helped. Because the first time I took it, it was before I went to junior high. About sixth grade. Fifth, sixth grade. And it wasn't like an in-depth of, oh, this is how you do anal. Or this is uh, STDs. No, it was more or less about the hormones and puberty. Because, you know, that's still sex ed. You know, wet dreams, uh, periods. That's all what that is. And when you got these kids who are in fifth and sixth grade who are prepubescent, and then they get thrown into junior high where they're seeing these, you know, these kids 
And some of them even have mustaches. You go, holy fuck, where am I? There are adults everywhere. And that's what you think when you're in sixth grade or seventh grade and you see these eighth graders and, you know, they got their hormones. They're going through puberty. Why are we shying our kids away from it? Why are we trying to hide them from that? We should really be like, hey, this is what's going to happen to you and you're about to get thrown into it. So this is how you should deal with it. It's just hormones. Second time I took it, eighth grade, going into high school. That was probably the best, one of the best things. Because you're going, again, you're about to transition again in life. You're about to approach even a crazier hormonal jungle. And... You know, why Why wouldn't you want to be armed with the knowledge of how to deal with it? Again, I'm not making this shit up. Studies done by the CDC correlate that areas that do not teach sex ed tend to have, tend to have higher teen pregnancies. That is a fact now. And... Going into from junior high, from eighth grade into high school, we had a little bit more. We touched on a little bit more, you know, uh, the menstrual cycles, uh, more wet dreams. Uh, we got into pubic hair, hormones. We then even spoke about sex, but mostly oral sex. Why? Well, because that's usually about the time that shit's happening. About eighth grade, freshman year. Be prepared. Have knowledge about it. You know, I'm not suggesting that we have Ron Jeremy come in and teach this shit. But, you know, a qualified professional who can show kids the seriousness of our bodies and the repercussions. Is that how we get accountability? Do we have to go back to when we were kids and educate ourselves? The third time, I was in high school. And then that was more um, more along, like more in-depth about pregnancy, STDs, sex. Uh, I mean, my uh, sex ed teacher was very informative. She had a uh, question box. For anyone in the class, if you had any questions, doesn't matter what the question was. And there was a lot of crazy questions. And I think a lot of them were just to see if she would say it. <laughs> and she, she would dance around it, but she would say a lot of things. But, you know, I mean, come on. You're giving a bunch of 16, 17-year-old boys the option to ask a teacher the craziest questions. Come on now. Full reign. We're going to do it. But she was so professional in the way she did it that I can still remember and think about the uh, lessons that she gave us and just how I thought it was kind of silly then because I at that time because of all the past experience I have in those classes I almost felt like this is irrelevant I've kind of already learned about a lot of this that's how I felt I was pretty informed. And teen pregnancy where I grew up wasn't as high. 
still was there. But it wasn't like in some cases, um, like here in Tennessee, where the numbers are like one in six. One in six high school girls will get pregnant in some of these towns. And that's nuts. Your frontal lobe's not fully grown. You can't raise a baby. You're still a baby. And there are a lot of people, you know, obviously there is a lot of very mature people who are a lot of people who think they're very mature who go and do this stuff, you know, or go and are having sex and they understand the repercussion of it and they accept it. They accept it when it happens and they are forced to grow up. But I guarantee you that wasn't their plan. But life happens. And those people, I commend, those people who were in high school and are, you know, young, you know, teenager or maybe 2021, because I'm sorry, guys, but the statistics have changed. The average age of marriage now, I think, is 27. And the average age for someone having a kid is like 30. The dynamics have changed. It's not 1960 anymore. It's not 1970. It's not 1980. It's not even... I said uh, a while ago, you know, there are things from 10 years ago that are completely different to how things are right now. Look at the technology difference. You guys remember Razor phones? How long after the Razor phone... And that shit was awesome. Remember the LG to- uh, chocolate phone? Oh, man. I love that. I wanted that phone so bad. But look how much that's changed. You know, from that to the iPhone. And that was like two years, maybe. Two, three years. That was a huge leap. So things are very different now. We're living in a very different time. And... I, be, I I think it's a lot of what or how a lot of us have started to grow and I by and by we I mean uh, the millennial generation that we grew up with a lot of info we grew up with a lot of knowledge given to us we also grew up with different opportunities that you know our parents didn't have and uh, and our kids have you know we had, we've had great opportunities. Even now we still have some pretty great opportunities, but you know, we were also really educated. We're uh, the millennials are the most educated generation in American history. Now I know what you're probably thinking is like, well, that's not hard because you know, we all schools are more accessible and education is more of a social norm than it was in 19, you know, 70s. The idea that right now you can't make anything of yourself unless you go to college. That's the mindset that millennials have that our parents didn't have. 
they were under the mindset like, well, I don't need to go to school because I can still work. And that's very true. I went that route. But you're going to have to work harder. And I've decided to go back to school. Because I've learned that it's like, man, you need an education. Just almost, you know, kind of help you get the foot in the door. It really helps. Now, picking the right major is very important. There are people out there who have like these business degrees and, you know, they do nothing in business. But, you know, that's, let's, I guess that's for a later conversation too. But, 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 (laughs) yeah, man, education. I think it's really important. I think that's really important aspect of this. Because the correlation, I bet, between educated, uh, sex educated uh, adults and non-sex educated adults, I bet you the abortion rate goes down. There's another one for you guys. You know, the people who uh, are against abortion, but against uh, same-sex couples adopting. They're also the same people who tend to be against sex ed in school. It's there's no common sense. It's like you can. It's like because you guys aren't talking to them, or if you're talking to them, not everyone's talking to them. So should we hold the past generation accountable? I mean, they did come up with the participation trophy. I'm not gonna do that though. That would be. A fun episode, though. I'm definitely, that's something I am looking to do, though, is get uh, people from the older generations and kind of just highlight shit from when they were kids and with, like, their parents and the bills that passed when they were in their 20s and 30s. Because at the time, they were, you know, they were the the largest group. They're the largest demographic for voting. Like right now, we're the largest demographic for voting, millennial group. And yet we have almost zero voter turnout amongst ours. And a lot of that is because the people they choose kind of suck. I mean, let's take this last presidential election. You either get to pick between a douchebag or a turd sandwich. I think it's the South Park joke. But I think that was before. I think that was, uh, what is it? That was Kerry and Bush. But I mean, come on, it's still pretty relevant today. And, you know, we got this next election coming up and it's looking like the same thing. It's looking like the same shit show. And we're getting what seems like less and less accountability. We're allowing these people to come into power. And they don't know what the, I mean, I mean, but then again, do any of us know what the fuck we're doing? I don't, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I've been doing this podcast now for about 35 minutes. And I still don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I'm almost talking in circles. And you guys are probably going, yep, it's fucking NASCAR. <laughs> Making a left turn! Told you I was going to be goofier today. I'm trying to be a little bit more calm. Or not calm, a little bit more goofier. 
have some fun, and be calm. But yeah, accountability. Accountability, accountability, accountability. We got to find a way to create that more. And I think it's going to, like I said in the last podcast, the government isn't going to help us. We can only help ourselves. And I think that's what we need to do. I think we need to start, you know, letting, uh, you know, the schools teach and stop trying to um, tell them things like, oh, well, you know, enforce their, like, our views on how the school should be ran when it needs to be, you know, completely unbiased or, you know, separation of church and state. And let me, let me, God, that reminds me. So where my kids go to school, I'm going to, I'm putting this on blast. I think you guys need to hear this. All good. There's all good elementary school. And there is all good middle school. Their mascot is the Redskins. And a stepdaughter was, uh, she played volleyball this past year. And their chant, I shit you not, they would go, Redskins, shit you not. Fifth and sixth grade girls, man. Racist as shit. All good middle school. Here in all good Tennessee. All good. Fucking racist. And it's almost like they're like, because let's be real here. Again, with the common sense, the the term Redskins has become pretty controversial. You know, as of like what, 2005, 2010? And this school, knowing it's controversial, almost taunts it. And when I saw that, I lost my shit. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you guys that ass backwards? I've recorded this. And I'll put it up on YouTube so everyone can see. This is what's happening. And not only that, but they also, if you go around to the school, they have a bunch of signs that say, in God we trust. I don't know what's more fucked up. But that's the school my kids go to. And I've heard a lot of things come out of that school that just are dumb. Dumb. 50 years, make America great again, dumb. And people think it's great. They don't find a problem with it. Now, this isn't, you know, the millennial group tends to be the older groups that be fine. They're fine with it. That's just, you know what that's teaching, right? 
It's just, it's teaching racist mannerisms. It's, you know, and that's the thing that's so fucked up about it is that the kids know what they're doing is wrong. And the coaches are making them do it. That's what's fucked up. If you don't believe me, come on down here to All Good Middle School for the next sporting event. I'm not fucking with you. And it's that kind of thinking that is, I believe it's kind of gotten us where we are. That old mentality. And we've gotten away from common sense. It's 2019, people. Things are different. Either embrace it and evolve or die miserable. There is a lot of miserable people living right now because they do not know how to handle 2019. And, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of things about what's happening in our society I don't like either. But I've educated myself and I've asked people to help navigate around how everything is being done because this is something completely different. This is something that the world is brand new to, or at least I think so. I don't know what kind of technology they had when they were building the pyramids or aliens. You hear that? Aliens. <laughs> but yeah, no, just accountability and understanding that this is a different time. You can't keep... Forcing that old opinion, that old view, because now the majority of the world doesn't agree with you. And we're seeing it kind of stretch into these different areas, like abortion. You know, to bring it back full circle. <laughs> but you know, like abortion. We got so many people trying to determine or try to decipher the gray areas. And we're trying to be like, well, this is it. This is it. And we're not just educating ourselves. But still, fuck those doctors that want to abort, you know, delivery, being born babies. Fuck those doctors. If I ever hear about a doctor doing that, let me know. I will come and put a pull cue up their ass. Because that, that's just, that's fucking crazy. My buddy Jason said to me this morning, we were talking about it. And he goes, you know, because he's a religious guy. He goes, I believe in bad juju. And we're all on this earth together. And I agree. Because I'm more on the sense that, you know... We're all part of this universe. We're all one. You know, we all came from this planet. So somehow we are all connected. And I do agree, man. I think that is bad juju. I think that's pretty bad. I think it's not good for the universe. That we're starting to be like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. 
See, I didn't want to talk about abortion for 30 minutes, but kind of did. Kind of. Not fully, but kind of. Let's get into this border wall. Done a lot of research on it. And, you know, it kind of goes back to accountability. You know, to kind of bring this all together. In 1990, you know, this wall started in San Diego. Um, It was only 14 miles, though. And then in 2006, by bipartisan support, you know, the House voted 283 to 138. The Senate voted 80 to 19. And it was, uh, let me try and find this again. It is a, oh, what was the act called? It was a Secure Border Act. And that was in 2006. That was a George W. Bush uh, bill. And Obama... Pelosi and Schumer signed it. And the idea was to uh, build a fence 700 miles. Congress already held out $1.4 billion for it. And it was going to be $50 billion over 25 years. That was in 2006. That's a Secure Fence Act. Again, Obama, Pelosi, Schumer, all signed it. All for it. Bipartisan. That means both sides agreed. So, and that was no six. Then, you know, through 2007 to 2015, we spent another $2.3 billion in repairs. And from 2010 to 2015, 9,287 breaches. Costing seven eighty four per breach was occurring. It's quite a bit, you know. It's quite a bit of money to be spending on a fence, and everyone agreed to put money there. And then you see in what was it? Oh, you know what the crazy part is? That Secure Fence Act. You know who uh, proposed it? Fucking racist Peter King. From New York. He's the one that proposed it. He's not having a good time right now. But. Obama. When he was president. In 2013. uh, Schumer. Proposed a bill. Or he sponsored a bill. That was for. An extra. 25 billion dollars. To go towards the wall. It was, well, overall, it was almost $50 billion, $46 billion, $30 billion for workers, and the other 26 or 16 was for um, the actual wall. Or, and it ended up being like, I think, eight was for the wall. But it never got past the Senate. But right now, what you're having are the left fighting this wall. When Schumer was a sponsor for trying to get $50 billion for the same fucking wall. And, I mean, we're not holding that, we're not, and, I mean, he's been called out on the carpet for it. 
And a lot of people, it's like myself, basically have come to the conclusion that this budget, trying to figure out the budget for it, is really just to see, you know, who can get to the mountain first. It's just a race between both parties. And it's really kind of sickening to watch. And, you know, in 2014, Obama, you know, uh, tried to advance, you know, an overhaul bill, an uh, immigration overhaul bill. And he threatened to change immigration policy through um, what, what it was called, the uh, executive orders. He was so for it. And that was in 2014 during the uh, Rose Garden. If you look up 2014 Rose Garden speech, Obama threatens the government to pass a budget on immigration reform that includes a wall. So what are we talking about now? Especially since Obama, before he left, uh, he passed a uh, executive order, um, or I think it was a Senate Bill 284, I think it's called, during this time. I'm not too sure, but he passed an order that gave the same immigration powers to his successor. I hate to keep going on an Obama rant, because I do like Obama, but a lot of people forget that he spent $500 million to boost the security at the border, and then asked for another $250 million, which he got. People forget about the pepper spray he was doing. You know, the craziness. Obama deported more people than any president in U.S. history. And yet we have the same Democrats who backed him are going against Trump. The same Democrats who supported all of this stuff are now against Trump. And don't get me wrong, I don't like Trump either. He's a smug, just weird-looking person. And... But it's not fair. I don't think that's right. Because... You know, 2014, five years prior, they just did the same thing, just with a different guy. Is the D and the R really that big of a deal? Stupid. Stupid. You want to hear the other thing about that? The 1.5 million that were deported? deported? Only 91%, I say only, 9% of those were... People who on more like expiring visas, but 91% were for convicted crimes, which is good. But don't tell me, don't try to be this humanitarian left wingers. You know who I'm talking to. Don't try to be this humanitarian and don't try to be this fucking easygoing person. Like, oh, I don't want to offend anybody because you supported this shit five years ago. 
And don't get me wrong. I don't like Trump. But he does not deserve half of the backlash he's getting. The other half, I think, is probably deserved. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's it's been crazy at that border. And no one has an answer for it. You know, with uh, how should we handle the displaced children? How, uh, how are we going to do really good reform? You know, when that Secure Fence Act actually went through, there was another... Uh, illegal immigration reform policy that it ended up uh, it ended up uh, removing in the process. Um, that's something that's very interesting to look into because of it was more of the regulations uh, for illegal immigrants coming into this country, and they kind of scrapped all of that and went with this whole new policy. Uh, that policy, I believe, was written in 1996. Uh, the Legal Immigrations Act of 1996, if you guys want to check that out. Um, when the Secure Fence Act came, they completely wiped it out. Um, but yeah. And it's just a crazy, crazy conversation that we keep having. Is it really a racial thing? I don't think it is. Some people, it might be a racial thing. Some people is, yeah, they are racist assholes. But I'm not talking about those people. And you're not talking about those people. The question I ask everybody is, you know, yeah, okay. The wall. There's a front door. There's a big entrance sign on it. On the other side, there's an exit. But it's pretty clearly marked. So why do you have to hop the fence? If you're a good person. Or. You're a, you know, a person. Even if you're scared and you don't know. You should still have the sense of doing what's right. Unless you're just stupid. Are a criminal. And if you're stupid, I'm sorry. Then we need to help educate people. And I guess that's part of the immigration reform. Is we need to educate foreign countries on our immigration policies. We might need to just bring, uh, you know, some of our politicians over and kind of have like a summit. And be like, listen guys. You keep bringing your people here, or your people keep coming to our country, and that's great. We accept people from all walks of life as long as they're not assholes. And, you know, I don't know, man. Maybe that would work. Maybe we should do that. Who should we send? Rodman's doing a good job. That's Rodman's killing it. Could you imagine if, like, the North Korea nuclear arms treaty was passed with Trump? Republicans would never let Democrats hear, like, never, they would never let that go. They would hold that over their head and be like, hey, remember that time uh, 
Trump denuclearized North Korea with Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Dennis Rodman would go down as America's greatest diplomat. The freaking worm. The same guy who wore a wedding dress while he was marrying Carmen Electra. Who also, by the way, married Carmen Electra. Could you imagine if that would have happened? That would have been wild. That's what we need. We need to get Dennis Rodman out there. Shooting hoops. Trying to get people to be cool. Because I'm sorry, but if you if you see Dennis Rodman, you're gonna you're gonna do everything you can to look as cool as possible. I know I would. But well, guys, it's almost been an hour. I really appreciate you. Thank you again for taking the time out of your day to listen to me ramble. I promise, real soon, it won't just be me. I'll have other people. We'll have some awesome discussions. And please, keep letting me hear your thoughts. Please keep giving me your comments, you know, ideas. Uh, I love hearing it. If you want to be negative, that's fine. It's a free country. Speak your voice. You have one for a reason. So follow me on Twitter, guys. r 7 Olson tn is R, the number 7 O-L-S-O-N-T-N. That's on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. Um, it's probably under my real name. Um, but I am uploading the uh, podcast to Facebook as well as Twitter. As well as um, they are being pro- uh, put on uh, Apple Music. So you can go on our, the Apple Store and Spotify. So you'll be able to, if you want, find me on there. Take a listen. Again, so much love for you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. And have a good day, man. Enjoy your life. Take responsibility for something. It doesn't have to be anything you even did. Just take responsibility for it. I don't know. (laughs) Try and create some accountability. Love you guys. Thank you. Hopefully I didn't burn you out. But this is Cypress Rye Bread. Later.